Hey, everybody, thanks for staying with us into our guest segment. And as promised, I promised you that we would have Mike Adams soon. Well, fortunately for us, it's sooner rather than later. We're now in our guest segment. As you know, this is the Common Sense Show, the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. My name is Dave Hodges. I am the beleaguered host. Yes, I got called a conspiracy theory in a publication back east today. I got sent the link. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you know what? If they're mentioning you, that means someone's reading you, and that's the important thing. Anyway, we're going to be going to Mike in just a minute, but we got to pay a couple bills in this segment. There's a couple of groups that keep the lights on for us, and they're people that you need. Uh, we don't take advertising here at the Common Sense Show that doesn't have practical utility. In fact, our guest, Mike Adams, I see, does exactly the same thing we do. Every one of his products, I've noticed, has utility for his listening and viewing audience. So we try to do the same here, and we are starting with storable food. Uh, food inflation is upon us. It's three times higher than it was a year ago. Those are official statistics from the government. It's probably far higher than that. And in addition, ladies and gentlemen, I believe if the Bolsheviks take over our government, and that's very clearly the possibility here with the deep state uh, doing what they're doing and the mail-in voting fraud. I, I told you the story yesterday where my brother-in-law got uh, a mail-in ballot and he never requested one from the Democrats. So it's beginning to happen, and ladies and gentlemen, the fix is in, and uh, you better have your storable food. You better be as far away from the grid as possible. Uh, this is why we're, we have a special right now in our four-week emergency package. People are buying 10, 20, 50, as many as 60 sets of these because they're so cheaply priced, nearly 40% off. Preparewithdave.com for 25-year storable food. And if you have food, you know you got to have water. And the water is the Alexa Pure Pro water filter, 40% off. The research for how good this device is is on the website at waterwithdave.com. So I would really encourage you to go there, check it out, and then you'll say, i got to have this too. And these prices are not to be returned again. And there's going to come a time, folks, where you're not going to be able to get these materials. It's not like you can think about this till Saturday and then maybe next fall you'll do something. It'll be too late by then. That ship will have sailed. So preparewithdave.com is the food and waterwithdave.com is the water. And now we have Mike Adams from Natural News and News Target and Brighteon and uh, <laughs> probably going to expand his operation a whole lot more. And I'm happy to announce that Mike's been reinstated on YouTube. That's all we'll say about it. Anyway, Mike, thanks for joining on us, uh, joining us here on the show. Oh yeah, thank, thank you for having me on. I when um, you just said I was reinstated on YouTube, um, it's true. I don't want people to think that I've become evil, and that's why YouTube is letting me speak. No, they banned the first video I tried to post, and uh, they they banned me for two years, and then they brought me back. I checked with my high level contacts at Google who told me that Google's in a panic because the DOJ is coming down on them hard and they're trying to reverse some of the more egregious blacklists that they have so that the DOJ doesn't see what they've been doing. So yeah, they're the, YouTube is still playing games and I'm not posting anything on YouTube other than the one video that was basically telling people to move over to Brighteon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say as I blame them then for taking that one down. <laughs> yeah, um, they did. It, it really is. Someday we've got to discuss the business model of Brighteon, another discussion, I'm fascinated by it. Anyway, Mike, there's there's so much going on. Um, I, I go on vacation now, okay? And fortunately, I have a loving family. And we go on vacation, and I have to take the camera and the show computer and my regular computer uh, because there's just too much happening too fast to take time yeah. off for a true vacation. I don't get a true vacation anymore. 
That's right. Yeah, and you, Dave, your your voice is becoming more and more popular, more prominent. This is why the uh, the hit pieces are coming at you because you're you're gaining a following. You're you're becoming even more influential, and the reason is because you're you're nailing it. You're right on. The things you warned about six months ago are now happening in the news every day. So, you know, congratulations, and you should expect a lot more hit pieces to come. Well, as long as I don't get hit men, I'm I'm getting stalkers. I'm not joking, and I'm not trying to sound melodramatic but i've had two people recently try to contact me through my wife's cell phone whose number is not out there she's been retired from corporate america for almost 17 years and she is not in this business per se i mean she she manages my business you know from a financial standpoint and organizational standpoint but she is not out there and then the other thing is is i got people showing up to my house vandalizing my flags and I live in the middle of yep. nowhere, nowhere. And it was a 112 de- degree day when that happened. So it wasn't, we don't have passerby traffic on my street. That doesn't happen. Yep. And, and so we have that going on. And uh, let's just put it this way. I'm getting stocked and I've already been advised to hire a bodyguard. I don't know where I'll get the money to hire one, but I've been advised to hire a bodyguard. Well, it's, it's a smart thing to do. I think, I don't know whether you carry, you don't have to say anything on the air here, but, uh, you know, I, I carry every day and I, not only do I carry, but I've also got a rifle within reach all at all times where I work in my car, in, in my truck, you know, whatever, where I sleep, whatever. In fact, it's, it's night vision and it's a rifle set up for night vision with, I mean, we, I guess we could talk about that later, but to use night vision with a rifle, you have to have that rifle set up correctly. And I've got all that set up and I've trained with all those people. So, you know, you got to take this seriously because there are mad killers out there who want to silence us. Isn't that the truth? Wow. That really is the truth. But uh, this is why security has become an increasing concern for myself. Um, anyway, let, let's get down to to brass tacks here, okay? Um, yeah. You, you have reported, you, we kind of both reported this in different ways. Uh, California cannot meet its financial obligations, and Paul Preston has been saying this was coming two years ago, and yep. that, that day has now arrived. It, indeed it has, and... You know, I want to thank you for mentioning, Paul, and, and some of the other sources that you've mentioned. I put together an article based on quite a lot of research, including conversations with you. Uh, it's up on Natural News right now, and it, and it really documents the financial uh, gap that California is now facing. And I looked at the numbers in detail. The, the annual budget of California is about $200 billion for this fiscal year. Uh, they are already publicly admitting they're $54 billion short. Hmm. I mean, that's on CNBC. So that's a quarter of the state budget. They're already short that much. If you do the math on this, it turns out they're going to be about $100 billion short by the end of the year, which means that in order to survive, California is going to have to cut its state budget by 50%. Now, I looked at the four areas where they have to make those cuts. And number one is health care, which includes mental health that all the liberals need in California <laughs> since Trump won the election. You know, health care expenditures are through the roof. Uh, that's going to go away. So they're going to be screaming mad by the time Election Day rolls around, uh, you know, if Trump wins. Uh, but secondly is education. 
And this is why they're closing schools. Even though they're still paying the teachers, they're trying to lower operations costs for the schools significantly. Some, uh, As you know, also, some of the, the, the police budget cutting is related to this. But thirdly is pensions. And fourth is welfare. So you you look at 50% cuts in those areas. You know how a lot of the people who used to work for the state of California, they're collecting a $100,000 pension? Well, that's going to get cut to $50,000. And welfare recipients are going to see massive cuts. Uh, people who work for the state, you could expect one out of two to lose their jobs. And this is going to cause an absolute collapse of California as it's structured today, uh, along with a collapse in law enforcement and police in places like Los Angeles has already had big budget cuts. So the, the cities of California are going to collapse into third world status. The rural areas will be a lot better off, of course, but the cities are going to become war zones. That, that's the bottom line, Dave. Well, I totally agree with the war zone comment. Uh, the number that I'm getting uh, from Paul Preston and others uh, who won't go public is Newsom is actually in debt up to about 185 billion. Okay. Well, I didn't come across that number in any official documents, but Paul Preston's got access to a lot better information than than what's in public documents. Um, no, but what you got there, yeah. I mean, if, if what you just said was the limit and scope of the debt, it's still catastrophic for the whole thing. It school. is. And what I'm yeah. saying now is this is overwhelming. And Mike, I apologize. I've not been up on your side. In fact, actually, that's my post-dinner routine is I'm furious. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up with my podcasting uh, requirements today. Um, yeah, it's been a day, if you know what I mean. So yeah. uh, I'm going to get up on your site and see that. But did you happen to cover um, the... Uh, well, let me ask you this. How deep did you take the financial hits? I imagine you posted the one and two workers, the haircut that pensioners are going to receive from CalPERS that can't meet their requirements. Uh, yes, and I did, I did actually cite an article from Paul Preston from a couple of years ago about how California, or maybe it was more recent than that, California under Newsom was trying to get a trillion dollar loan from China. Yeah. That was shut down. Yeah, actually, I'm sorry, that was earlier this year. And uh, I talked about Newsom's money laundering operation. You know how he, he wired, initially it was half a billion dollars. Now we know it's a billion dollars to China. Uh, claiming it was to buy masks. Yes. And no one's ever seen any of these masks. <laughs> and what we know is China is actually laundering the money through a specific corporation there that makes electric cars. And then they're funneling the money back into Newsom's uh, shell companies. And he's using that money to pay bribes to uh, stay in power and avoid any kind of honest accounting for the state. So uh, California has already collapsed into a uh, an oligarchical fraud scheme. So it's it's not looking good. Um, okay, I'll throw this part in now, too. This just goes to supplement what you're saying, and I think I have mentioned this to you before off air. Last year, when I was at the California State Convention, I, I got to sit at the table with Chris Ann Hall, who's wonderful and so impressive, but Mike Huckabee was there as well. And uh, I got to interview Mike, and we, we got to share conversation. And he did not tell me this. Paul told me after the fact that Huckabee, one of his reasons for coming to the convention other than support it, was to also go visit Gavin Newsom. And he told him, you stop your stuff with China. That's Logan Act violations. Or you're probably going to go to jail. Mm -hmm. and so he got warned in late February of this year. My confidence call on that information is 100%. 
Yeah, I I think that California was in financial trouble before the coronavirus lockdowns. The lockdowns just made it even worse. Because you look at the revenue sources of California, the number one source is state income taxes. But in addition to that, it's also energy, right? They get tax money from the fossil fuel industry and so on. Well, state income taxes are cratering because, of course, people aren't earning an income. Uh, instead, they're sitting at home and being paid by the state and the federal government to collect money and not work, you know, under all the unemployment benefits. But as you've seen in the mainstream media, California is over three months behind paying out unemployment benefits. Uh, in fact, the state lawmakers are, are just pulling their hair out there, just trying to figure out what's going on, why, why these delays. The governor's blaming it on this EDD, which is the, the, the it's the department that pays the unemployment checks. Uh, but that's not the problem. The problem is they don't have any cash. And so they're, they're pushing the payments out. They already owe unemployment benefits to 2 million Californians. And that number keeps growing. People aren't going to be collecting the checks that they think are coming to them because California has run out of cash. So they're, they're already out of cash. And unless they can find somebody to step up and give them a lot of new money like China, there's no way they can continue to operate. So the, the financial collapse of California has begun under the covers. It's going to become more evident and obvious in the, in the coming you know, 60 to 90 days. Yeah, and here's something that's going to exacerbate the whole thing, in my humble opinion, is that we are five to six weeks away from a third of America not being able to pay its mortgage or its rent obligations. There you go. Yeah. And that'll bring down banks. Um, and see, Trump can extend the payments by executive order and the due dates for this. But who's going to pay for the people who own these properties? I mean, they have obligations based on expected income. Well, that's the thing, and you can't, as a nation, just keep printing money and bailing everybody out while the economy shut down. You know, at some point, reality sets in. And here's the thing about California. This is why this impacts everybody listening, no matter where you live. California produces an enormous amount of the food supply mm -hmm. for America. And all that food has to be approved by California government bureaucrat inspectors and tax collectors and so on. So when the government shuts down, how do you export almonds and avocados and broccoli and blueberries and all these things that California produces, spinach, you know? How do you export that? See, I think the food supply problems that we're seeing across the country are only going to be exacerbated by California's financial woes. It's going to get bad. Well, you're right, and it also opened the door up for the U.N. to come in and intervene. Um, one of the things I'm convinced would have happened had it not been for the work of Paul Preston and the California State 51st, 51st State team was the fact that they brought a lawsuit against the state of California and the Department of Water Resources for maintaining the Oroville Dam in such a bad way. And had that dam gone, 1.5 to 2 million people would have been at risk in the entire region of that Central Valley that you just mentioned, uh, rich agriculture area, second biggest in the world for nuts and vegetables. That would have been gone. Famine would have set in uh, on and on and on and on. We already had these numbers from the projections, and they filed a lawsuit and called attention to what was going on. I really believe, Mike, had Paul not done this with his group, that they would have already let that dam go because they needed a distraction from all this financial problem, and it would have qualified them for federal money. 
Oh yeah, right. They, you're absolutely right. They need to tap federal money to get a big bailout just in order to function. But Trump has already signaled with Minneapolis that you're not going to get federal money to bail out your poorly run Democrat collapsed cities, right? Which, which is the correct answer from Trump. You know, why should the taxpayers across America bail out these, you know, these liberal collapsed cities where the mayors and police just let the you know black lives matter terrorists destroy everything why you know why should the people in kansas pay for for these lunatics in minneapolis right and the same thing is going to be true with california i totally agree with you and and there's another aspect to this too is not only should we not have to pay for the negligence of the Minneapolis city government and the Minnesota state government for not stopping these riots when they had the power to do so, we also are looking at the fact that Trump is being criticized for his actions in announcing that he's not going to disperse the funds to Minneapolis. But who's criticizing Obama when he wouldn't bail out Detroit when they went bankrupt? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. where, where's the consistency on their argument? Well, of course, they to be a liberal, you have to abandon all logic and reason and hold contradictory thoughts simultaneously in your head. That's that's part of the definition. It's part of the game. But here, here's the thing. Like I said earlier, you, you can't keep printing money and bailing out everybody in sight. At some point, the ability of the Fed to keep printing new trillions, at some point that comes to an end. And I think we're very close to that point. Maybe they can stretch it through Election Day. I'm not sure. But, you know, at some point, who's going to keep buying the debt when it's obviously meaningless? It, it's, it's, it has no inherent value. And this, this day is coming. We have a good point because we used to say, well, China will buy the debt. Well, that's not true any longer. No. Not at all. And, you know, pretty soon it's just going to be the Fed printing money to buy the Treasury debt. <laughs> you know, not only will they be buying all the assets in the stock market to keep five key stocks propped up, you know, the, the FANG stocks, just to make everything look good, but they'll be buying Treasury debt. So you just be printing money to, to pay off the interest on the debt that you, that you created by printing previous money and so on. And this thing spirals out of control very, very quickly. Did you know in the month of June, the U.S. federal government uh, deficit spending was one trillion dollars for one month. That's that's one month. I mean, even under Obama, he went from about eight trillion dollars in debt to about sixteen plus trillion in eight years. So roughly about a trillion dollars a year under Obama. Now we are spending a trillion dollars a month, and it's not hard to imagine that at this rate won't be long before we're spending a trillion dollars a week and you know where this goes zimbabwe <laughs> yeah yeah very very quickly <laughs> hyperinflation yes it's 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 already showing up in some circles it's just they're able the federal reserve has been really good at separating the printing from the effects they've they've managed to create a time distance between the two events but eventually you got to pay the piper and there's no way that we're going to get away with what we're doing uh, you know you know someone asked me too dave what about what you said seven eight years ago when you said repudiate the debt from the credit swap derivatives that led to the 09 crash and I said, that might have had an impact then. It would have crashed a lot of Wall Street, and five years later, we would have come out in much better shape. But, Mike, that option, I think, is now closed. I, I don't even think yeah. doing that will fix this economy. We are going to go into the world's biggest poop hole of economics it's ever seen. 
Oh, it's you know we're calling it the global reset, and if if you don't mind me plugging this, I got a I got a free audio book that I'm releasing in about two weeks, free download at naturalnews.com. It's called the Global Reset Survival Guide. I mentioned you in the book, by the way, your work, and I mentioned a lot of specific gear, you know, like ready-made resources and how to set up rifles and night vision and communications everything but i agree with you this is all coming the global reset is coming there'll be a day that people wake up and all bank accounts are frozen and the u.s dollar is worthless so whatever money you have in the bank checking account savings account it will be worth exactly zero when you wake up and what you think you have in stocks will be worth nearly zero because stock prices will crater it will be an entire global reset and as part of that when they crater the banks and crush the entire transaction system, they know that they will unleash mass starvation and famine. So it's it's part of the depopulation agenda that also involves vaccines, of course. They want to kill nine out of ten human beings living on this planet today. All they have to do to accomplish that is shut down the banks, collapse the currencies, not just the dollar, but the euro and other currencies uh, globally. Once the currencies are collapsed and people can't engage in transactions, you can't run fuel refineries, you can't create diesel fuel to power tractors, you can't grow food, harvest food, or deliver food, mass famine sets in, and literally in less than a year, you've already killed off up to 90% of the world population just from that alone. Uh, I'd like to disagree with you, but there is no disagreeing with what you're saying. Um, you know, an EMP accomplishes this, too. When you talk about the 90% factor and just letting the economy follow its due course right now, you're absolutely right on the money because the Naval War College, as I'm sure you know this, did a study that if there was an EMP attack upon America, that within two years, 90% of us would be dead. And yeah. when you take down the supporting structure of a society, you're only going to have a survival rate of about 10%. To me, that's even a bigger priority than a war. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that EMP report because I looked at that, you know, I covered that when it came out, and what I came to realize is that there there are multiple infrastructures that can achieve the same kill rate in the minds of the globalists. So taking down the power grid definitely kills 90%, but also taking down the banks does the same thing. Yes. And, and that is an easy target for the globalists because they can just free... They, did you know, for example, the, the BlackRock hedge fund, which is invested in Google and all the tech giants, it's, it's the biggest investment institution in the country. Uh, Jim Rickards talked about this, how there is an agreement between the Federal Reserve and BlackRock where the Fed can tell BlackRock to freeze all transactions, freeze everything on command. And every major hedge fund in America has been forced to sign that agreement, offering veto power to the Federal Reserve so that a bank freeze can be put into place literally within minutes across the board. And if your hedge fund doesn't agree to that, oh, you get investigated by the SEC and arrested and criminalized and shut down. So every major hedge fund is tied into that. There's going to be a freeze order that's given. Jim Rickards calls it the ICE-9 order, and it's going to freeze all transactions globally, just literally in minutes. That's coming. Um, yeah, there's, there's some things I can say. You know, sometimes I want to open my big mouth, take one foot <laughs> out, put the other one in, but I'm well aware of this. Let's put it this way. I have witnessed 
and I've got to be careful here because I'm under an agreement on this. I have witnessed, and it was oh, 25, 26 years ago, uh, the opening of a market, and then they play an arbitrage game that it goes around the market and they control every single stock market as it opens in the pre-futures movements. So yes. they can manipulate, say, like the price of oil or the price of corn. And it took $30 billion to get into this at the time. And uh, $30 million, excuse me. And you could walk out away with a billion. Um, and I'm well aware that these games used to get played back in the 90s. I have no idea now if they do it or not. I don't have access to the information any longer. But when you talk about market manipulation, I have seen it on a scale that would stagger the imagination of anybody. And when you're saying this, Mike, I'm telling you, I believe it's entirely possible with modern communications today. But not only will they be able to stop the banks, one of the things that I do know from one of my intelligence sources is if they go to a bank reset that's electronic, they can also shut down everything else and paralyze you. They can stop all transactions at gas pumps, at ATMs, yes. at the grocery store. And you notice right now, we don't accept cash. We don't accept cash. Oh, you yeah. have your card. They can shut down your food purchases now, too. Glad you mentioned that because, you know, the, the, the shortage of coins is being orchestrated. Coming next will be the shortage of cash and then a requirement to move into a beast digital currency system. And then they will they will crater the dollar and force everybody into that system. Uh, if you don't want to participate in that system, you're going to have to end up, you know, bartering with silver and gold and ammo and things like that. It's going to be a very difficult life. But if you do participate in that system, then you're going right in with Mark of the Beast, you know. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are very much aware of that. But during this transition, it's going to be the biggest looting ever in the history of the planet. So, they, they'll, they'll do things like, for example, let's say you have $100,000 in the bank. You'll get you know, 100,000 credits in the new cryptocurrency system, but the purchasing power of those credits might only be worth $5,000 in today's dollars. So you'll lose 95% of your purchasing power, maybe 98%. This is what's happened typically when currencies get replaced in other countries throughout world history. So uh, you'll still get your pension check, just won't be worth anything. You'll get it in, you know, Fed currency crypto credits or something, and you won't be able to buy a loaf of bread with your pension check. So this is how governments like California will be able to say, oh, we're, we're still making good on our obligations for pensions and, and welfare. It's just that you can't buy anything with that. Just like in Venezuela right now, you can't buy anything with the minimum wage that you get there. You can, you can work an entire month. You spend an entire month's wages to buy like one meal. You know, it's, it's that bad. That's what's coming to America. This is why I tell people food, water, guns, gold, natural medicine, and tools. There you go. If you do not have these things when the shutdown comes, and people think, well, I've got time. No, no, no. I think the benchmark, Mike, and I, I, I could be wrong, but if someone, and I don't make predictions with time very often, but we have such a clear catastrophic date coming up with the mortgage and rent payment due. Um, it's so clear that I think that's your, your deadline. I think when we get to Labor Day, people's ability to meet their own needs is going to become severely limited, if not impossible. And the, the things that you need to survive are already becoming almost impossible to get. I monitored this over the weekend. I always check, I, I've got friends who are distributors in the gun business, 
and I also check online, I found that new guns are gone everywhere, even at the distributor levels. You know, any kind of a good gun, like a Glock or a, or a SIG or an M&P, they're all gone. I'm talking about pistols, but also rifles. I mean, go out and try to buy a Daniel Defense AR-15. Forget it. You can't find them. Uh, they're all gone. But you can buy used pistols on online, basically auction-type sites like GunsAmerica.com. You get a used pistol for the price of a new pistol, or if you're willing to pay double, you might be able to find a new pistol. So a gun that was 450 to $500 three months ago, now it's $900 on Guns America. And a you know, a rifle that was $1000 is now 2000 plus and ammunition, forget it. Uh, you know, we used to be able to buy uh, 556 rounds for 24 cents or 9mm for 18 cents. That was just January of this year. Now the 9mm is 50 cents. 556 you can't even find it. You know, if if you're lucky enough to find it, it's some crappy ammo <laughs> that's been in storage for 30 years and you'll pay more than 60 cents around. So these things have already doubled in price. They're going to triple. They're going to go quadruple. At some point, they're going to go five times or ten times. You won't even be able to get it. This is happening right now. I know. I've tried to shore up some of my supplies in that area, and it's impossible right now. Yep. Even, I know this gun, I'm not going to identify the area, but I, I know this uh, guy who has a gun store. It's a separate abode he built on his private property in an unincorporated county. And you, you, the the GPS will not even get you to his front door. You have to call him and he has to come and find you. Yeah. And I'm not joking. <laughs> like a search and rescue operation. <laughs> exactly. So I, I said, I, I can't see your place. He goes, it's typical. Dave, just stay there. I'm coming to get you. I do this by design. And so um, I got some stuff from him at the time when the pandemic started that proved to be pretty useful. But I, I called him when I was over in San Diego, said, oh, yeah, I'm coming back in town and I'd like to make a couple purchases. He goes, ain't going to be for me, Dave. And I'm thinking, if this guy sold out, there's no one that has supplies. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, this is there's some wisdom in having the, the higher caliber rifles, uh, because even today, right now, you can still find ammo in 300 Win Mag, 338 Lapua Magnum, or even 50 Cal. So typically what happens in these situations is that the more common ammo runs out first, such as 5.56, and then after that, the 7.62 ammo runs out, and then larger and larger calibers run out over time. But it, it's, a, it's a great idea to have a hunting rifle and something like a 30-06 or a 300 Win Mag because you'll be able to get that ammo for, for much longer. Unfortunately, I've learned that lesson many times too late. Um, Paul Martin, my good friend in northern Colorado, was telling me this six months ago. He, he was warning me before COVID even started. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so here we are. But, you know, I got enough and I got neighbors. I got neighbors that are well armed. But Mike, th I'm going to share this with you. And I think you'll find this kind of uh, almost entertaining. I live in a really remote rural area. We have 300 families spread out here, and we battled John McCain and his globalist bankers and the Central American Free Trade Agreement to stop the seizure of our lands over time to build their little Canamex highway without compensating us. It took us eight years and some really big battling, and we won. Now, everyone out here, pro-Trump, pro-Trump, pro-Trump. Okay, and, and this is conservative heaven out here where I live. Everyone's yeah. armed. They shop in bulk. So you kind of get the picture. Now, 
on our blocks are really spread out. If you, a lot of places are just remote and rural, but some have blocks, but they're really spread out. So you drive down a block here, and, and I couldn't believe it. The street that I'm on has a, a house with a Biden sign in front and Black Lives signs in the windows. Uh-huh. And, and two doors down is another Biden sign. I, 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 I was lo- driving down with my son, and I looked at him and I said, what do you think? He goes, it's inevitable, Dad. He goes, we have to fight. There's going to be a fight. He's, we, and we all recognize when it's out here in this environment, after what we've been through as a people, um, the penetration of these alien philosophies that communism's better than what we've got, it, it's unmistakable, Mike. We're not going to get out of this without a fight. At least that's my premise. What do you think? Well, I think those people with Joe Biden signs, when things hit the fan, number one, they're going to say that you don't have the right to be armed, but all of your supplies belong to them. So they're going to be socialists from day one. And, you know, eventually, uh, hopefully you have a majority of armed uh, pro-liberty people. You're going to have to... You're going to have to overrule or defeat the uh, the socialists or communists, or maybe, you know, uh, arrest them if they if they try to commit crimes by stealing your stuff, things like that. And by the way, uh, how does your neighborhood does it have just one road in and out? Is there a yes. choke point? Okay. Yes, there is. So I'm sure you've thought about all the tactical implications. You've got one road choke point. You know, you're going to have to have a big, heavy vehicle. You can drive across that road to, to block it. You're going to have to have, uh, you know, basically you're going to have to set up a community to defend yourself against the outpouring of the zombies from the cities. You're going to need to be able to defend that community both with upfront short-range uh people right there at the guard gate, but also longer range snipers with uh, overwatch capability who can keep an eye on things. You're going to have to have some night vision, obviously, uh, to watch for people coming in on foot from behind you or laterally and uh, a comm system for everybody to communicate. But I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've already thought about all this. I'm just kind of mentioning this for the listeners. Every community is going to have to become self-reliant in terms of their own security because cops are not coming to help you, period. They are not coming to help you. They're defending their own communities that's where they are well they're not coming to help you now yeah i know (laughs) i know you know which goes back to the defunding issue here as as i told you yesterday in our conversation on the phone i have a theory about defunding i i don't think it's just a political issue that's a response to uh, uh, police abuse i think what we're looking at here is it's a situation that involves the fact that they can't afford to fund the police yeah yeah that's right they can't. And and by the way, a little tip. Um, a few years ago, I bought an old John Deere bulldozer for just a few hundred dollars. It runs. Mm-hmm. And I bought it for the sole purpose of blocking the main road because bulldozers are freaking heavy. <laughs> and when they're tracked, you know, you can move them even when it's muddy. So you get you really have to start thinking about uh, security and also having uh, high caliber rifles like the HTI rifles from Desert Tech, the hard target interdiction rifles that can shoot uh, 50 cal rounds because you're going to have to engage vehicles. So you start thinking about the liberal mobs that the socialists and the communists that are coming for you. They're not all just going to be on foot. They're going to come in vehicles and you need to be able to 
take out those vehicles. And that's, you know, fortunately, there are some real nice rifles that get that job done for you. Just got to make sure you've got people who, who can deploy them. And big, big, heavy guys, typically, because it hurts to shoot those things. They hurt. Yeah, I, it, we're not that we're not that good yet. Uh, hopefully, necessity will become the mother of invention here, but um, we're not that good. We have people. I mean, I have a neighbor three doors down, armed to the teeth, special operations experience. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of those out here, but we don't have a real organized. See, when we organized against McCain, it was political, legal, political pressure, you know, uh, group, group, grassroots protests. But it wasn't pick up the guns. We're coming for you. Sure. Um, it wasn't right. that at all. We have one way in, one way out. We're six and a half miles off the main road that go, would go by us. And we're about 20 to 25 miles north of the more northwesterly suburb of Phoenix. Um, we would be difficult to reach. And I don't think there would be real value in coming to us. Yeah. Um, I, re- I think you're better off staying on the main road and heading up to the next set of hamlets, villages, and a town of 7,000 people. Um, I looked at it. I think we'd be a low priority. The only thing that sets us apart, you'll like this one, Mike, um, about 10 miles to the west of us are the Toyota Proving Grounds. And I have caught military troops going in and out of there, and they've been doing massive construction out there for two years. Huh. So, uh, so much for being totally out of the way. But as long as this is a U.S. military that's on our side, I actually feel better about that. Yeah, yeah, sure. And and you may be surprised, too, to find out that some of your veterans who are in your community, I mean, most of the veterans that I've met, they always have way more stuff than they talk about. <laughs> they, every one of them. They, you know, they've got some big rifle they've been holding on to or, or whatever. So... You know, uh, there's probably a lot more in your community than anybody's been talking about publicly. Well, let's get down to the global threat now. I mean, in, yep. I mean, in terms of how it impacts all of us in America here. Um, do you do you think we're going to make it to the election? Because I'm seeing signs that say we won't. Although they're still doing the mail-in fraud stuff, or you know that kind of deal. They're they're still planning to steal the election, but I, I don't think that a lot of these subversive forces care about getting to the election. I think they care about if Trump shows any signs of life, they're just going to step up their activities. Yeah, I think that is the key question. I'm not sure how much is intact by election day, but I do know that the left is already sending out the mail-in ballots to basically every, every name and every address they can find. They're just, they're just massive. This is ballot box stuffing via the U.S. mail. That's what's going on. And it is massive fraud. And if Trump doesn't do something to stop this, uh, then, of course, he will lose. So whether or not he loses, the left is going to try to overthrow this country. Even if Trump wins, then they're going to set off you know, wave two of the Black Lives Matter riots. Uh, if, if Trump loses, then they're going to say, you have to leave office now. There, there's a new prediction for you. They're going to say, we can't wait till January. Trump has to leave now. He already lost. Turn over the White House today. You're going to hear those calls if he loses. I hadn't thought about that, but that's I, that really makes a lot of sense. 
yeah, they're going to try everything to get him out of office. And uh, again, no matter what happens, the country probably descends into a, a civil war at that time. Now, if there is a financial collapse along with this, if there if there's action from China, military action, South China Sea, looks like there's going to be a kinetic conflict there pretty soon. Or if there is some new bioweapon released by China or some variant of the current coronavirus that becomes far more deadly and actually sets off a, a new wave of deaths, all of those factors will only add to the chaos and the collapse that's going to make everything that much worse. So I've been upgrading my recommendation to people for, believe it or not, 18 months of backup supplies understanding that uh, once the food system shuts down you'll start living off your stored food but you immediately need to begin planting food so that within about 120 days you can start harvesting some of that food and thereby eating some amount of fresh food let's say a third of your diet uh, thereby extending your stored food for quite a bit longer remember the more you can grow and eat the more you can extend your stored food but it's very difficult to live off food that you only grow yourself very difficult kind of funny that you would say this too because i didn't talk about the collectivism that you just mentioned here but i'm preparing a podcast and i've got the working outline done and in it i've said two years of storable food and you better hide some of it because you never know when fema is going to do a walkthrough of your place right and take what they need because they can under executive order 13603 and in in mike when we look at this here i also said you better get seeds I said there's a reason why Gretchen Whitmer and two other Democratic governors have outlawed seeds as an essential activity in their economy and their lockdowns. Yes. I said it has nothing to do with COVID. It has to do with subjugating you at a future date. And and um, people need to do that. But the other thing that, that I started thinking about this afternoon that wasn't in my outline is I thought, you know, you better have guard dogs because you'll invite poachers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you better have really good guard dogs that can guard your gardens. And, and there's a very important concept that most people haven't thought about, which is the the caloric inputs required to produce food. You see, when I lived in South America, I visited uh, uh, self-sustaining societies, the Ecuadorian Indians who lived at high altitude and grew uh, papas and sweet potatoes at high altitude. And I found, I mean, I was there in person, you know, talking to these people in Espanol and, and learning about agriculture. The only way they were able to feed themselves is because they had animal power. They had oxen and they had like a giant ox attached to a, an actual wooden plow and they would plow the fields walking alongside the ox so the animal goes out and eats grass and gathers energy from the, the fields and then the animal expends that power and energy to help you plow the fields so you can grow potatoes more easily and that's the only way you can live if you have to do it by hand you die and the, the multiplier of modern agriculture is fossil fuel uh, diesel tractors right well when the re refinery shut down you don't have diesel tractors you don't have easy cheap food anymore food has to be grown by hand most people will die if they have to grow by hand and they don't have any stored food they will die very few civilizations on the world around the world like papua new guinea and certain hawaiian island uh, indigenous cultures and so on are able to live just off the food they grow themselves but those are mostly in very generous climates where they have year-round food production due to the temperatures if you're in a climate like 
I don't know, Minnesota, or even where you are, Arizona, harsh climate, very hot, uh, you can't grow year-round. And if you don't have energy to add to this, and also think about irrigation, how are you going to move water without electricity and pumps? How do you move water? It takes a lot of energy to carry water. You'll die carrying water and plowing fields because you you can't stay alive eating celery and carrots. You'll die from, from starvation. Um, Got to have a pool and know how to dig about 10 feet, uh, 10 feet to in, in distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to need to direct like water. I didn't, I didn't put yeah. our pool. Uh, my father-in-law made a gift of the pool to us, and uh, we didn't put the pool where we did by accident. We uh-huh. put it. We put it within. It would be very easy for us to move water out of that pool into nice. an irrigation system that's very, very shallow, but would be effective. Yeah, you, all you need is a slight uh, grade. Let the water flow to your crops, and you know, it takes a lot of water to grow food. Lots, especially in Arizona, yeah. where it's so dry. I agree. Uh, well, how does all this unfold as we look at the crisis that's coming? Um, I, I think it's kind of funny. When we got home yesterday, the last song I heard before we got to our house was from The Who. Not the World Health Organization, but the music group. <laughs> and and the words were, we won't get fooled again. They'll be fighting in the street with our children at our feet. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. I tip my hat to the new constitution. Um, to me, I'm thinking, wow, did they have a crystal ball and they saw into 2020? Because that's what I see coming, and I see it. Because here's here's what I think, Mike: the people that are going to lose their homes are going to be more of the younger mortgage uh, deficient people in around Labor Day, and these young males are going to express their frustration by 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 joining certain groups. And guess what groups I think they're going to join? You got it. That's right. So yep. I'm looking at September. That's my prediction. Uh, Into yep. September and October will be a series of increasing violence and will look like, um, I don't know, Bosnia Civil War 1992. In the cities, it will. You're absolutely right. And remember that a lot of the events can be triggered at any time by the globalists. So they can, they can stage something like a George Floyd type of killing, whatever they need to do to manipulate the emotions of the masses. They can, they can shut down the banks literally overnight, any day they choose. So if the globalists feel like they're losing their grip over what's happening, like, for example, if it looks like Trump will win the election, they might just shut it down right before the election just to prevent Trump from having a victory. You know, because all the polls are rigged right now, of course, just like they were back in 2016. Sure. And Trump does have a shot at winning this, especially given how fed up people are with Black Lives Matter burning everything down. So Trump's got a shot at this. The globalists are going to initiate many, many things, possibly even another biological weapon, possibly a grid down situation, possibly a cyber attack on the power grid that they could blame on China or North Korea. So don't forget about those scenarios as well. Bottom line, the globalists are through with humanity. They don't want billions of people anymore. It's not just Bill Gates. It's a whole lot of them. Uh, if they make it to the vaccines, the vaccines are going to be, uh, you know, death euthanasia shots, especially for black people who they want to inject first. So uh, surviving this is going to take some knowledge. 
you know, one in 10 are going to make it through this. Now, the good news, Dave, is that being among the one in 10 is not that difficult when 99 out of 100 people are totally oblivious. So all you got to do is be in the top 10% of awareness and preparedness, and you can probably make it through this. So most of your, of your listeners already qualify. You just got to take action. Well, that's the key, but I want to stress this too, and we were talking about this earlier with our communities. We have to take collective action. Um, People aren't going to be able to survive this on their own. You're going to need to have some form of militia protection, in my humble opinion. You're going to need groups. Yeah, any any group smaller than about eight people is not that, that viable. You'd really prefer to have 10 or 12 in a, in a unit. And a community like yours where you've got hundreds of people is even even better. Just you got to make sure there's not some left-wing Nazi that gets in charge of everything. <laughs> because that's the first thing they want to do is run everybody's lives, you know. So <laughs> don't, don't let them gain power in your community. No, no, you're absolutely right on the money. But um, let me ask you this, too. Um, have you thought about how to sidestep the collapse? I mean, about where to place assets? What what things do you think make sense? Well, gold, silver, ammunition, firearms, and land, that's about it. I've, really, I've spent many hours researching this, and a lot of it comes down to the table of elements. So gold, silver, and lead in the form of bullets uh, and, and dirt, you know, soil actual land where you've got space you're away from the cities you've got some uh, water sources where you might be able to grow food if you can get some uh, diesel fuel coming back online you know remember we will recover as a as a world i mean humanity won't be wiped out society will eventually reboot it's just going to be you know land prices will be much lower because there's not going to be 90 percent of the people walking around so it's going to be a very different world uh, but in that world it can be rebuilt and we have to be careful to rebuild it on principles of liberty which is why i've often told people your survival is crucial not just so that you live but so that you can help rebuild a society that isn't some authoritarian regime that we just live through we got to rebuild society based on principles of you know dr benjamin rush one of the signers of the declaration of independence who called for for a health freedom uh amendment you know in in the bill of rights so that's why your survival is important it's really really frightening to what we're doing um to ourselves uh, let, let's before we close let's go to texas for a second i was stunned when i saw a man who i thought was a populist leader in texas namely governor abbott uh turn tail and become such a traitor to his own people and be so willing to destroy his own economy what, what kind of comment do you have to that well, here in Texas, uh, Abbott is is losing support rapidly. He's losing popularity. He's losing funding from many wealthy donors. Um, he won't be around much longer, politically speaking, if he doesn't change course. But Texas as a state is going to be here for a long time to come, and it, it might be its own country soon. You know, we we do have to seriously consider the breakup of the of the union as these events take place, and the downfall of uh, communication systems, mobile phones, and so on. You know, hence the importance of long-range radios. You're not going to know what's happening in the world if you rely on Google and, and your mobile phone because it, it might not function. 
so. or they will not be giving you information that's accurate too. Yeah, I would say that. Right. Did, did, have you touched upon anything you've written or broadcasted about uh, what California did? Speaking of communications with the takedown of uh, antennas for repeaters, like for ham radios or shortwave. Yeah, I have I have covered that in the past. Uh, you know, that's that's an obvious attempt by the California government to take away comms from the people and the militias as well. Uh, I hope we don't see that in other states, but we may. It just it really reiterates the importance of having human to human networks. You know, being able to talk face to face, to 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 know where good people live, and short range communications. You know, you can get within a few miles, and you can use a, you know, a little Baofeng radio or whatever. Um, but most people aren't up on comms because they're used to using their iPhones. So people need to get up to speed on radios and uh, you know encryption codes and how to scan, how to how to practice information privacy while using comms and so on. It's it's really important information. If you were to sum up to the average person listening here, because one of the things I've noticed, uh, the people that are listening to my podcasts are, are now jumped 10% in the non-subscriber rate. In other words, I don't have a consistent following only. I'm attracting a lot of new people to, ah, okay. to what we're doing. So in other words, like like on YouTube, for example, 68% um, used to be from existing subscriptions that would listen to a video or watch a video. And now it's down about 10%. And, and so we have a lot of new people coming. So on that basis, what I'm going to ask you to do here is to, to briefly summarize to the person that says, okay, you've convinced me either you're the two best fear mongers in the world or we have real things to worry about. What should we do to get ready? How would you answer that question? Well, number one, I, I would say that we're not fear mongers. We're, we're actually optimists, but we're also realists. So we know this collapse is coming. We want you to be ready to rebuild on the other side. But in terms of the credibility of what we're saying, understand, folks, that Dave Hodges and myself and a few other people out there, we warned you about what you're experiencing now last year. In fact, if you go back the last four years, I must have done 25 podcasts about getting out of the cities, how the cities would collapse, the rule of law would collapse. I mean, it's almost, you go back, you you must think, I must have been plugged into Nostradamus or something. It, you know, it's just right on the money, but I'm not psychic. It was just following the data following the culture and looking at where things going and where things are going right now is absolutely toward collapse there's no question about it and if you're not prepared you will likely die so you know frankly at this point for many people it's already too late it really is because they, they can't get out of the city they can't sell their house they're stuck in los angeles for some place they don't own a gun they don't even know how to use a gun I'm sorry to tell you but if, if you haven't trained up on just basic firearm skills by now, it's going to cost you a fortune in ammo just to get up to speed, <laughs> you know, just to practice. You may, you may never get up to speed. So I'm not here, Dave, to try to convince everybody to get prepared. Some people are just going to die. I'm here to help those who have already decided to live. And that's it. That's, that's my only goal. That is amazing, too. And, and I'll tell you, when you said about uh, teaching people to survive, um, we should have had that mentality with regard to the COVID virus. 
I mean, if you look at what is the, the figure, the low end estimate is for every percent of increase in unemployment, you have 10,000 deaths. The high end is about 50,000. And we have killed off so many more people because we haven't lived normal lives with normal precautions. And uh, COVID is a blip on the radar screen compared to what we're going through. Um, but by the way, if you want to know what they're going to do to us next, look at the articles, Mike, on Florida COVID testing. 333 sites, 100% positivity rate. 31 additional sites. 90 to 99 percent positive rate <laughs> well they obviously haven't calibrated their equipment they they're, they're just flagging false positives non-stop that's by design because see they get yeah. paid an incentive from the federal government to do these diagnoses there you go so that's that's the whole thing and if you can't fund your police you got to get the money somewhere so well yeah everyone and, dies you know, from covid everyone's dying from covid no, it's it's insane. And by the way, I'm you know I'm not I'm not someone who thinks the whole virus is a hoax. I think the virus is real, but it's easy to beat. Yes, we know how to beat it with nutrition. We don't have to shut down society to beat the virus. That's that's the takeaway. In fact, with you know that new article that Gary Haven put out there, yes, there's there's a cure that's readily available from an inhaler that is saving lives all across the world, but it's suppressed in the United States because the medical system is so corrupt. They want people to die and suffer and clear the way for the vaccine. By the it's way, a cartel. Uh, Alexander Daly, my main researcher, and I are investigating that part of it through the NIH and Fauci's wife. Stay tuned <laughs> for that information. Oh, we've got lots of dirt, and we're exploring it in a later interview that we're going to come out with tonight. Feel free, Mike, to use this interview all through your uh, outlets. Uh, I, I hope you'll spread this far and wide. Mike, tell people very quickly how they can follow your good work. It's at naturalnews.com. And remember, we have a, a new special report coming out, the Global Reset. Sir. Oh, <laughs> wait. Hey there. We got, we got some happy dogs uh, fighting in the background here. The Global Reset Survival Guide is coming. Good. And it's a free download, free audio book. And, yeah, I do, have, I do have dogs here. One of them just stepped on the other one while they were sleeping right. is what happened. <laughs> That's okay. That happens. Yeah. Um, yes. I've, got, I've got three myself. Well, look, Mike, I appreciate you coming on. We've covered a tremendous amount of territory here. And I think we needed to cast a wide net to get as many people's attention as possible because time is running out. Thank you, Dave. Be safe. Thanks, Mike. Take care. All right.